Sometimes it does feel like the Christian community isn't. So I do want to give Brittany a little bit more of an introduction uh, than I than I just did. But you know, she's a former transgender, uh, going. I mean, literally going through the the transition, right? I mean, you were doing that for how many years? Okay, well, I do have our guest in studio with us today. It is Brittany Humes. So here's Brittany. There you go. Welcome, Brittany. Yo, also, Brittany. also have Dawn Medicus with us there. There's Dawn. And we have Brittany's newlywed husband, Chris Humes, who is sitting in the corner here. And there's Chris. I don't know if you want to give everybody a hello. There's there he Chris. is. Well, congratulations, guys. I don't know if you want to, Brittany, I don't know if you want to say anything about your, uh, or, or Chris, maybe... You want to say something about your your marriage when Brittany's done here? You excited to be married? I am. I love it. Yeah. I uh, there was a time in my life where it scared me very much. Yeah. Uh, I never thought, I never thought I'd be here. And God's just amazing what He's done in my life. He's He's brought me an amazing husband and um, yeah. somebody to serve God with, and it's it's been amazing so far. Yeah. Cool. Chris, why are you glad you're married to Brittany? Yeah. I mean, it took took me a long time. Obviously, uh, you know, I. Wanted to make sure it was the right person. That's why I was one fifty years old, and it took me fifty years to find the right person. Okay, all right. Or, or okay. for God to bring bring her to me. So I'm blessed that I found her. She's she's my perfect match. Amen. Well, you know, in, uh, in the Bible, I think uh, Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. So you're halfway there, my friend. Boy, that's <laughs> nice. I know. I look at it as a positive. I'm, I'm not far. I'm only five years behind you, so I know the feeling. But uh, yeah, so uh, so this is part two of a, of this series that we're doing on sex and sexuality. Of course, you know, Gay Pride Month is coming up here, and I've the last couple years I've really addressed this issue and felt a need to do so uh, in part just because a lot of times it feels like I'll get into this in this episode a little bit. It feels like sometimes the Christian community isn't addressing this issue. I, I know that there may be some who disagree with that, but sometimes it does feel like the Christian community isn't. So I do want to give Brittany a little bit more of an introduction uh, than I than I just did. But, you know, she's a former transgender uh, going, I mean, literally going through the, the transition, right? I mean, you were doing that for how many years? About three. So, so you were in, immersed in, in the transition process and then God saved you, brought you back and here you are, uh, just got married last month. Yeah. So congratulations Sounds again. Good. He yeah. really is. Amen. And uh, obviously, you would have a lot to say about this particular topic, but we talked in the first episode, we talked about speaking the truth and what does the Bible say about sex and sexuality? Did, are there, is there more than one gender? What does the Bible say about that? So, so I want to encourage you to check that out. I wanted to focus in this episode on sort of the second tier to that verse that says, speak the truth in love, the love part. How do we love? Because oftentimes the Christian church or anybody today who stands up against some of this message, the LGBT message today and some of the extent that it goes to to your body to yourself to the point where you have to actually change yourself to conform to some something else that this is a very unbiblical unfortunate message it, it's terrible to give to our young people when you say something like that when I say that those words come out of my mouth it may sound like I'm being unloving to someone it may sound like I'm pushing them out of the church pushing that them out of the kingdom nothing could be farther from the truth so that accusation is often given and 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 I feel like it's also unfortunate to hear people say sometimes that it's because of the church that more people don't go to church I mean that may or may not be true I don't know but I kind of feel like if you don't go to church no offense it's on you right 
I, I've been going to church. I'm a pastor. I've got more reason for offense than you do mm-hmm. times a hundred. Believe me. I've had people call me names. I've had people mm-hmm. lie about me as a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, I know. Cause I was an elder back then. <laughs> Believe me. He, I know. he wasn't one of the people who lied, but that just goes with the territories It's human beings. It's community. It's having relationships with other flawed human beings. We offend one another. That's what we do. And so the Bible teaches us to love. And so well, that's one of the accusations that's made. And, and so I guess I wanted to have this discussion with you in the room, Brittany, and that's, you know, like, how, how does the church, how do we reach the LGBT community? How do, we, how do we do that? And I thought maybe what we could do is start off with some bad examples of church exclusion. Part, the, the second question will be, what are some bad examples of church inclusion? <laughs> but what are some bad examples of church exclusion? In other words, things that have, have maybe indirect, indirectly excluded the LGBT community from the church. How have we been unloving by making people feel like they're not welcome? And let's hear it straight from the mouth of somebody who has been immersed in this lifestyle before. Can you think of any examples of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's great. I think, um, you know, the truth and love go hand in hand, um, like I said before. You know, the truth without grace is just mean, and um, grace without the truth is meaningless. So you need both. There, that One example that comes to mind of the church being too har- harsh, I don't know if you remember uh, Westboro Baptist Church? I do. That's, that's actually <laughs> what was in the forefront of my mind when I was saying that. You know, it's, it's one thing to have a belief, but when you're protesting at um, somebody who was LGBT's funeral, that's not love. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's just, you know, these, you have parents, loved ones, whoever mourning this person that they care yeah, that, for. And that's just right. not, that's not good. That doesn't not, seem like the no. place to air your, your feelings of disapproval. No. Yeah, for sure. No, I think in general, you know, if any, I mean, regardless of what, what you're struggling with, I think anytime the church is talking about a topic that, doesn't, uh, you know, solidify your belief or, you know, agree with you, then, then you may feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. Um, not just specific to this, but I think when it comes to the, the topic of sexuality, gender identity, you know, the LGBT community as speaking as someone who walked through that, it, it, because that's what their identity is rooted in, um, is their gender, is their sexuality. When you speak against that, or you're speaking the truth to that, um, and it doesn't align with what they believe, it feels like a personal attack on who they are as a person. Yeah. Because they don't know how God, who God created them to be. They don't know how God sees them. They just know how they see themselves, and they feel the church is attacking that. That. That's a good point, I think, you know, which uh, I can strikes back to something that we spoke about in the first episode. We could almost do a, a third episode, but I won't make you stay here all day, Brittany, you know, but, <laughs> you know, like on identity, Christ, our identity in Christ, which I, that was a big part of your testimony uh, when I saw you give it was this, this idea of identity, who we are. And I think that's a good point when a lot of times we don't necessarily hear the content of what somebody's saying. We just hear the way it's said. And so speaking to somebody who's dealing with some of these issues, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, maybe they're just hearing the way we say it. They're not hearing the content of what we're saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, well, this is wrong. You shouldn't live this way because the Bible says so. And they kind of just, well, why though? I need to know why I need more information than that. Is it because when you say it in that way, 
it sounds more like your opinion. If you're not showing me what the Bible says and, and you're not showing me that Jesus actually does love me, yeah. even though this is something I'm struggling with, we all struggle with different things. And that doesn't mean that Jesus loves us any less, but right. we do have to, you know, live according to who he's called us to be, not how, how we want to live. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you are, uh, you've dealt with these issues. How would you encourage a person who is overwhelmed how would you lovingly encourage them to live this lifestyle of obedience to Christ? I'm, I'm sure there's somebody who's watching this right now who feels like they just disagree. And they're overwhelmed with these feelings to live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, we, we can all, we've all been there. I mean, just in terms of something, we've all been caught up in something. Yeah. Some kind of thing. We can't get out of it. An, an addiction of some kind of, yeah. you know, something we have to, we have feel like we have to do this thing. And then here comes somebody saying, no, you should you should not do what you want to do or what you feel like you want to do, but you should live for Jesus. So, I mean, how would you, how would you encourage someone who's been there? Yeah. I mean, I think a different way to say it would be, you don't have to live this way, not you, what you should or shouldn't do, but That's you, good. God created, you, you can live a better life than what you're living right now. You don't have to be stuck in this place. You don't have to live this way. I know for me, when I think back to that time in my life, there, there was that time where I, I never, ever thought I would be where I am right now. I never thought that I would date a man. I never thought that I would be married, that I would be able to find someone that would love me, even though all the things that I've walked through. There was different phases. Um, and so to be where I am now, I, I almost can't even put into words how incredible it is to see what God's done in my own life. Yeah. But it started with submission right. and you know just giving just surrender, complete and total surrender. And it, it took me a long time to get yeah. there. It wasn't like I just woke up and I was like, yep, this is good. I surrender. You know, it, it took a lot. And it, you I would wake say, up singing the song. I no, surrender all. No, <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what, as soon as those words left my lips, as soon as I said, God, I surrender this to you, I felt peace where, I mean, it, peace replaced torment. I mean, and I was being tormented day and night. I just, I knew the way I was living was wrong, but I, I just was too scared to correct it. And, and once I surrendered, like it, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows from there. I mean, it, it was still very difficult. I still had to walk this out. But um, when I surrendered, I felt a peace like I had never felt. And, you know, the way God's moved in my life ever since then has just been incredible. But what I would say to that person that's struggling is just take one, that first step. Just take one step. That's, a, that's good. Find some, and you know, it's you don't run a marathon just like that, right? It starts with just one step. You take that first step. And um, so I would say find somebody that you trust, one person that you trust, that you know is a Christian, that's, that's going to church, that's, you know, living the, the Christian life. Find one person you trust and talk to them. Hmm. You know, maybe how it started for me, I didn't all of a sudden just start going to church. I didn't feel that church was a safe place for me yet. I started listening to I started listening to church online. I wanted to see what that church was all about. And I just found myself like really enjoying all the messages. And I thought, okay. And so that for me, that's where it started. Yeah, that's good. I, and so maybe, I mean, maybe what I hear you saying is just give Jesus a try. Yeah. Jesus a try, right? <laughs> We've well, done it your way. Right, right, right. Let's right. try it God's I, way. I want to say that to so many people about so <laughs> many different issues. It's my, I just want to say to the world, if you're listening, I don't care what your struggle is. You might not, you might already think LGBT people are weird or something. You're dealing with your own addiction of some kind. Give Jesus a try, whatever it is. I mean, you might think I'm weird. I, I am weird. <laughs> but you just give Jesus a try. Don't worry about Amen. me. Worry about you. Worry about Jesus.
Hey there, I've got a question for you. Have you subscribed to this channel yet? If not, you need to do it right now and turn on those notifications so that you don't miss any of my content. In addition, you can have access to the full-length, unedited version of this video by going to PastorAJ.com and becoming a channel member for as little as $7 a month. You can partner with Gospel Ministries and help us to continue to produce this kind of content and share the gospel with those who need it. That That's really the truth of the matter, I think, is like God has so much for us that's just, it's so much more than we could ask or imagine or think with our own mind. And we, we really limit what we can experience if we only go by what we know. If you've never walked with Jesus, it's something that you don't know. I'll be criticized by people for talking about this particular topic, saying, well, you've, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never dealt with it. You never struggled with it. And I haven't. But I do know that Christ offers true life. And so there's other people out there online that will give testimonies about coming out of the gay lifestyle and talking about how living a life of obedience to God, to Jesus, in accordance with the Bible, this old dusty book that we have in our houses, is so much better than anything else you can experience in this world. Amen. I mean, it's a joy that you can't take away. I, I remember when I was a teenager, the thing that hooked me was when Jesus talked about eternal life. That was the thing that hooked me. Mm -hmm. That was when I went, oh, oh my gosh, I could live forever. Now, this was my puny little understanding was that living forever was just living forever. The eternal life was just, you know, life eternal. You know, I didn't understand that it's now. It is not just longevity of life. It's quality of life. Right. It's the quality of life that I have now. And so when you go out there in the world, there, there actually isn't much of a difference between all of us. You might deal with something, Brittany, I might deal with something else, but in a lot of ways, we're very much the same in that. We've tried things the world's way, and we fell on our face, and then we gave God a try when we had to, when there was no other option, right? <laughs> and then God says, look at, look how much better it is when you're living in my house. Amen. Look, yeah. at, look, at, look at, there's unlimited resources in God's house. There's unlimited potential. There's, there's true life. There's true love and true community for one another in God's house. There's unlimited forgiveness in God's house. I mean... We could go on and on and on oh, yeah. with just how much better it is living in God's house, right, Don? Right. Well, one thing I was thinking, how much baggage does this world put on us? I mean, we have to be this. We have to be that. We have to go here. We have to do that. You got to live this lifestyle. You've got to drive this kind of car. You got to own this kind of house. You, you know what I mean? There's all these different things that they put on us. And I found out personally that when I gave my heart to Christ and then I rededicated my heart down the, down the road, it's like all this baggage fell off. And now I walk around and I don't care what car I drive. I don't care what house I live in. All I care about is Jesus Christ and about doing what he wants. Now, I'm not perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do sin. I do fall short of the glory of God. But if I'm living for him and for him alone, he adds to my life. He guides me. He leads me. He speaks to me. He shows me. Yeah. I mean, my life is so much different than what the world says it's supposed to be. And I feel so sorry for people, no matter what they are, the homosexual or lesbian or whatever, they are being led astray by a bunch of garbage yeah. that they're take it in because they want to be accepted for the most part and they don't need to have that they need to be accepted by the king of kings and lord of lords and the heck with the rest of the world they're not going to put you into heaven 
but he will. Yeah. Amen. And that's where I feel about it. Amen. And I, one of the things I love about you, Don, is your heart for people. You're kind of like a, you're a great example of this, somebody who's a sort of a matter of fact kind of a guy, you know? Yeah. Kind of maybe, maybe old, old school. I, I consider myself old school. I, I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties. So I'm old school. That was when you could hurt people when you were playing basketball and everybody didn't fall, fall over because there was a foul. It was fun. But, but, you, but I, I think one of the things that impresses me about you is I can see the spirit of God in your heart and the way you care about all Amen. people. I, I mean that as a compliment. And, you know, that's the one side. Okay, so we have the, the churches being exclusive, these sort of bad examples of the church pushing people away. But what are some bad examples of inclusion? I, I thought this was a good way to go because especially as a senior pastor, I don't think anything changed me more than that, that experience. I, I can almost equate it to the first time I took the pulpit as a senior pastor. It was different than when I had the pulpit in any other role because all of a sudden I had a vision for the whole church and how I felt like we should reach out to this world. And so People become pastors because they have a heart for the community. They have a heart for the lost. And so pastors have, they will go through insane measures sometimes to reach people. Mm -hmm. So a part of what I did was I walked that line of trying to be sensitive towards some of these modern day issues, you know, not necessarily preaching against abortion in a sermon, not talking about uh, how it's wrong to live the homosexual lifestyle in a sermon. I mean, not mentioning it because it's divisive. I might preach about it or discuss it in a Bible study or something like that where there was fewer people. But in a lot of ways, this is the model today. And can we think of, (laughs) I kind of already showed my hand because I just gave an example, but, you know, can we think of any examples of how the church does a bad job of inclusion by including, by including this group, some of these agendas, these people out there have an agenda to destroy our culture, maybe to destroy our kids. It's demonic. Let's just say it's, let's call it what it is. It's satanic. It's coming from the father of lies. Jesus talked about the devil, so we can talk about the devil, but we don't talk about it. To me, that's a bad example of what the church does, okay, Uh, in terms of how we're trying to be inclusive, but I think maybe, maybe there's some kind of balance in the middle. Obviously, that's what we want, but can we think of some bad, bad examples of inclusion, some bad examples of what the church community is doing today in this attempt to, to try to reach people and just make them Christian? Can we think of some, some bad examples? I don't know. If, does anything come to your mind, Brittany? Yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say, if the church isn't talking about it, where are they getting the information then? Yeah. We want them to get it from the church, which is the mm. truth. Um, if not, they're going to get it from the internet, their friends, um, and that's not going to lead them to a down the road of truth. So, so the church should talk about it then. I mean, that's your viewpoint. Yeah. I mean, I, should I, address it, right? I, I mean, yeah, I think the should church... should be left out of the I sermons. Think, right. I think a lot of... Tr- I think churches should... These are topics that should be talked about um, because, like I said, if they're not getting it from the church, they're getting it from the world, and we don't want them to have the world's perspective, especially our young kids. You know, I think, I think the church is in a position where messages are watered down because they want to be politically correct or because they don't want to push people away. And while... That's a, a noble, you know, not wanting to push people away. Of course, they want to be inclusive. They, we want as many people to be as saved, saved as possible. Yeah. Um, I think by watering it down, you're, you're doing a, a disservice to two people that are yeah. needing that yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Amen. 
you know, I, and there's a lot of churches today, I mean, mega pastors, that their theology is just off. You listen to them, and you're just like, they're more of a motivational speaker than a pastor. Yeah, um, amen. And so, you know, the Bible does say in the end times there will be many wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean, even the elite will be deceived. So yeah. we're in a time where it sounds good, but maybe something's just a little bit off. You know, yeah, right. if you add anything to the gospel or you take anything away from it, then it's not the true message, right? Mm-hmm. There's no Jesus plus or Jesus minus. It's just Jesus. And that's mm. the, that is the message. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Amen. That's, a, that's a good, uh, that's a good sermon right there. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think maybe like a good message to church leadership, I think in this age is to, to not make an idol out of church growth or, or inclusion. I know what it's like myself because I, I thought I had so much power over who came to my church and who didn't come to my church. And because of the bad examples where people felt excluded, I thought, oh, if we just make them feel included, they'll come. They'll want to know Jesus. But I think that even has limits because ultimately it's God who has to do the work. Right. And, if, and if we go to a point where we make an idol out of inclusion, that's where we see a lot of these sort of dysfunctional things happening today. Hey, there's one more thing I've got to share with you. I want you to know that you know Jesus and that you will one day be resurrected and spend an eternity with him. The Bible says that all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That all you need to do is confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So just say this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were raised to life three days later. Make me born again in my heart through the power of your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Now go get yourself a Bible so that you can begin to develop godly habits in your life and make sure to join a Bible-believing local church where you can be baptized as an outward symbol of what God just did in your heart. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, send us a message and we'll get one to you. Welcome to the family, friend.